so there have been uh, several many days that have come and go different teachings offered Today I want to to talk about the third characteristic. Can you hear me in the back? I don't know for some reason it feels different today. Okay. Um, so I want to talk with you, uh, share with you this uh, third characteristic of not self. And as I was reflecting about it uh, in these past days, it's, it's just amazing to me how it has, this teaching has uh, changed for me into a liberative insight. <laughs> um, and how connected it is to the refuse of Sangha. Because it has been through the refuse of Sangha that uh, they were uh, some openings that started to happen to happen in in the practice for me to even consider it. Um, to you know to to study it to see how it is that this teaching of not self. Uh, was uh, evolving within the practice. <clears throat> At the be beginning, in early years of practice, I remember going to retreats, leaving early so I could not, so, so that I didn't have to talk to anyone at the end of the retreat. <laughs> I just wanted to get the practice, you know? And being with others... In silence was, yeah, I can handle that, but this is not part of the teachings. It's just we have a common interest, and we're gathering together. And But yeah, I'm just, I just wanted to leave early, and there were several retreats. I was able to do that. And didn't see the difference, you know, with the impact. There was an impact into that um, I was uh, feeling a sense of um, complete independence, <laughs> kind of a delusion, total delusion, <laughs> I can see now. <laughs> and so with uh, going retreat to retreats and connecting with other practitioners and in being in community with different different groups and feeling seen, feeling that there was a place for me of belonging. I started I started, you know, staying a little bit more than than in you know, living the the night before or something like that. But there was something that I, it just came t through my mind so clearly that I remember being a person, just something that pierced the heart into compassion, um, for an opening of compassion for myself, for loved ones. And it was that um, I was practicing at Manzanita Village with Catriona and Michelle. And I remember clearly having a call from Katriona and saying, how are you? And say, yeah, I am fine. I just got home fine. And, and so um, she said, oh, 
we were, I, I just wanted to check with you. We were just a little concerned and we just wanted to know that, that you were okay because you left without, you know, arising and passing. <laughs> and so it touched me. It touched me in a way at that moment. I just like noticed, oh my gosh, there's an impact. You know, my presence, this practice has an impact. And after that, there was like an opening for me to, to then to, there's, there's something about being till the end of the retreat and closing and being together. And so this aspect of refuse of Sangha, it started to grow on me and it started to say, wow, it is possible to take refuge in the Sangha. And it's been really, really transforming in my life. Uh, the other experience that um, that I remember, especially when I'm clinging to views, <laughs> is when I was uh, practicing and meeting um, with the Buddha Dharma Sangha in San Quentin that <clears throat> Green Gulch from Zen Center puts together. We would we, we would go on Sundays. And sitting with uh, the men. And um, <clears throat> it was an incredible practice. And I want to say it, you know, in that way, because um, I'm just, you know, mentioning uh, the men, because that's how many of them... Um, call themselves, you know, the, the men in blue. And committed practitioners of the Sangha, deep, deep, deep practice. They made the cushions, they prepared, they crafted the altar. Um, they will set the room uh, for all of us to sit together. And still, you know, in connection, through connection with the practice, there was a, a sense of separation for me with the community. There was not a sense of belonging, but, you know, I was doing some service and I felt very, very good about it. And at some point, there was a ceremony for uh, taking the precepts, uh, the lay precepts. And as part of that ceremony, uh, for some of the of the inmates, and um, there were other volunteers that came to that to that ceremony. But what struck me was that as part of it, there is um, something called a wagesa uh, that is. Is song is created by the community, and it is it, you know everyone. Um, there's a group that you know will saw it, will saw it, uh, will help me. I will saw it, but then they will they will be other people that will also put some stitches in it. <clears throat> so I didn't ask for it, but I saw many people. Um asking me if I, you know, if they can, if they can include, if they can add some stitches, some, some of, some of them into that and into that wagesa. And so um, there was such a, a way in which that ceremony was handled and care and created by people I felt so separated to that to see how it was held, it also had a pierce in my heart. It opened, it opened the heart to connection with the entire community. So I just want to, you know, I wanted to share those experiences to, to say that there is something about these refugees supporting these characteristics for us to be able to hold them, to relate to them, 
in a way that is helpful, that is useful. So, when you came here, you came with your belongings, clothing and maybe some things to... You came in in your car or a friend's car. And then you chose one of these sabotons and cushions that maybe at the end of the retreat, when you put them back, you will not know that you use them. But during the retreat, they were your sabuton. There were your cushions. So there are ways in which we, uh, as we live in the world, in this binary sometimes and other times when we're practicing, you know, holding other ways of being non-binary world. We create um, different ways in which how do we uh, claim a self. And one of those ways of claiming a self is through possessions. There's a way in which, you know, we are in the world. You know that you will go to your room now. You know what room is your room. When you leave again, it's going to be the room of someone else. Someone else will be in that room. So whatever you go, there's some sense of self that we take with us. You know, through that, in that way of holding, you know, how it is that we relate to belongings or to um you know, ways like, well, right now, you know, if it would be, if it would be held in a very solid way, I would say that this jacket, because I'm wearing it now, is mine. But really, I didn't get it. Someone lent it to me because I was cold. Um... So we carry we carry a sense of of self with us in different ways, with a sense of belonging. Uh, I'm I'm sorry, with a sense of yeah belongings. Um, and we also we also have you know different perspectives, different views, and um, that we also. Uh, share in the world. And so when we start practicing, we may, you know, like Gil was saying, there's these teachings of no self. And for many, many of us, these teachings of no self, it's like, what does this mean? You know, what, what will happen with, you know who 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 owns these things? Is it that you know with no self, I I let go of everything I own, or I let go of everything that I believe or that I practice? What what is this? <clears throat> and so, like Gil said, the Buddha never said that there is no self, but he didn't say neither, there is no self. There is no self. He neither said one way or another. And 
just to see how the teachings also reflect uh, a value of how people are in their own own way of being. It is there. There's a great great value also, like Gil mentioned. There's not a diminishment of who someone is, how this, how someone in the ancient teachings were expressing themselves. And I have found that through the practice, I have become to really ground, ground myself in, in a way of being that is really unapologetic in the sense of claiming, however, it is that I choose to be in the world. So, in some ways, I have become more bruny, <laughs> you know, in a more clear way than before I started practicing, more clearly, more authentic. Um, there is also how it is that uh, the world influence how it is that we are. You know, perspectives and views that the world put on us, society. And there is the world that we create. You know, there may be like uh, different worlds here by, you know, who each of us may be creating a different different perspective of what the world is. Because in reality, there's, you know, how it is that we take through the senses, any of the experiences through the senses, through the seeing, through the smelling, through the tasting, through the hearing, through the cognizing. It is how we receive the world. So in the same way, other people are creating their own perspectives and how they take in the world. And maybe all of us, in addition to that, include different views and perspectives and judgments and evaluations. And some of them are healthy, some of them are wholesome, some of them are not. There may be some additions that really do not help in being us in in being in in community and and being uh, living or receiving life in a way that uh, does not promote suffering so The Buddha talked about a teaching called the five aggregates, which is how it is that five ways in which we can experience life, we can receive life in different ways that um, can help us or tell us that this is the life that we are experiencing, uh, experiencing as Bruni or as Gil or as Liz. Five, not so much five things that exist, but five, five ways, five processes that come and go, that flow, that within those five areas, we create our lives. And those are form, the physicality, physical form, sensations, feeling, form, feeling, the pleasant or unpleasant, the Vedana of the experience, 
perception, how it is that we perceive things, the label that we put to things where, or experiences when we see them, when we hear them, when we taste them. So for me right now, this could be a bell because I have, based on all the different conditions of my life, I, find, I have learned that this, this was a bell, so now I call it a bell. But someone that is not um, familiarized with Buddhism or with this kind of bell may call it another thing, may call it a bowl to eat or something else. So how we perceive things, perceptions, the labeling. So form, feeling, perception, mental formations, all the volitional activity of the mind, intentions, thoughts, motivations. And then the consciousness, the knowing, the, the, the consciousness that, uh, that what is known. And so there is the knowing of when there is, there's the eye, there's something that we see, <clears throat> there's that contact and there's a consciousness of, 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 of the seeing that arises, of, of eye consciousness that arises. There is the hearing, there's the ear, there's the sound, and there's the consciousness of hearing. There's a consciousness of, you know, when I'm touching my hands and in that moment of contact and that tactile, tactile way to receive that experience, there's a touching the this consciousness that said this is known this 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 is happening and so through these aggregates all together we can see how it is that we define ourselves depending how we relate to them if we cling to them there's a way of um, selfing. There's what what um, is called selfing, creating, creating a self. Um, now there is, and we practice with this. When I gave the meditation the other day, there's this this way of this birth of, of the self that arises and passes is not, not something solid until we cling to it, until we cling to it in some way. Something solid within us that tells us that there's, there's, there's something, there's some kind of identification uh, with clinging, with, with clinging in some ways. So there are different ways of holding this teaching. You know, there is this aspect of not self, you know, that, okay, is there a self or, you know, or there is a, a, a no self? <clears throat> and there, there's in the suttas, there's some ways that, there are some teachings that talk about how it is that sometimes we, we talk about or we ask, who are we? And in different traditions, there, there may be that inquiry. But for the Buddha, you know, to know, if I was in the past or in the present or in the future or am I this, am I that, that was not, of, that was not the interest of, of the Buddha. The interest was in 
knowing suffering and the end of suffering. And so for me to see that there could have been, there's a middle point in between these two things. He didn't say there's no self and there's, there is self, but that there's an option, there's a middle point. And is this, this way of being who we are fully, just being without clinging, not getting involved in it. <clears throat> so there are different ways in which we get involved. And, you know, through different mental activities and how we relate to them. <clears throat> so if I tell you that this is the bell, and here, here is the bell, and I see it is, you know, is this bell here. Kind of a nice bell. It's kind of, you know, polished, and it has some artistic ways of, you know, touching here, some craftsmanship here, and it's really beautiful. You know, there's this kind of, yeah, it's nice. And let me see the sound. There's the sound, there's the ear, and there's this feeling tone, this, this experience of feeling tone is pleasant, at least for me right now it's pleasant. So right now, here, this bell, if I hold this bell, is, I can say it like in, in, in its own way of being the bell, its own suchness of being the bell. But then I bring this bell. And something happens in the mind. There is an activity that happens there. So there may be like well, this may be a better bell. It's bigger, the sound. We call this a small bell. It may or it may not sound as clearly as this other one. But there's a mental activity that happens, that starts happening there. And there's, you know, there's, there's that comparing that starts to happen. So... In that same way, we are in the world comparing ourselves or just seeing how are we, how we're not, and comparing different characteristics or ways of being in, in terms of how it is that we compare or how we are in relation to others. But if I hold this bell here, In its own, you know, Isabel, in his own, own way of, of being, just have the bell here. Something different happens. There's other kind of activity here. It may be that you have a bell at home and you say, well, I'm already comparing that bell to the bell I had at home. And it's like, okay, <laughs> I don't like this bell. <laughs> So this, we do this in so many areas of our lives. And it's one way or the other, this duality, these this, this things of breaking things, just, you know, these different ways of being. It doesn't have to be that way. If it creates suffering for us, if it's, you know, there may be different ways of, being 
or different ways of relating. So that is one way in which we we create that, you know, ways of selfing in which we we create suffering for ourselves. So <clears throat> with the aggregates, there is a form, there is that solidity, that form of the bell. There is the 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 feeling how it is and the, and then there's the well okay so we have the form let me back up now because looking at the other five aggregates there may not there's the feeling that i feel in regards to the bell and then there is the perception how it is that i perceive the bell and there are all these different thoughts and mental activities about the bell and then there is the knowing of the bell so when we cling to any of those aggregates, then we create suffering for ourselves. And some of those ways in, in which, you know, some experiences that we create, you know, some of the suffering, it, it is how we create this <clears throat> cling to this sense of I, me, mine. This is mine. No one else can have it. This is how things should be do, you know, how, how this cushion should be here. And this is, this is my cushion. But when you leave, you will not recognize which cushion unless you put a mark on it. Which cushion you use now. I don't know if you're going to use the same cushion when you come back or retreat to IRC. There is also another way in which we clean um, and another way of, you know, how it is that we are in the world. We hold different identities. You know, right now, you know, I can say within these five aggregates, Bruni, this form, <clears throat> there is... Uh, different identities that I, that I take, you know, in different moments of, of, of life. There is the identity of teacher. I'm here sitting, giving a talk. There is the identity of daughter when I call my family. There is identity of uh, queer. There is the identity of mixed race person, the identity of gender fluid person, the identity of uh, cook when I cook the breakfast. And so there's a way also then in which we relate to these different identities. And sometimes when, you know, we don't like it, we don't like some of these identities. Um, we we cling into into you know it's like a negative clinging. We just don't go there with them. If if, if I tell someone that um, is used to be certain way, you know, uh, with some sense of of self, of um, which is another way of selfing, of you know, self conceit of super superiority. Well, this person may choose what kind of sangha service will be doing, has to go with, you know, kind of some expectations that will go with that. How we relate to that. In the, there may be someone that may be okay washing the dishes. May, there may be someone else that may not be okay in washing the dishes because, I don't know, it may be seen there are some views or opinions that I, there's, I, I don't wash dishes. So <clears throat> there are some ways in which we relate to our identities in which 
it could be something that will diminish us or will make us, you know, being uplifted. I have a dear friend that her entire family has run a restaurant uh, business for generations. And it's a whole very different way of relating to washing the dishes, to cook, to attend uh, guests in the restaurant. It's a family it's a, it's a family ordeal with pride and recognition and and a way of holding it in a in a way that is dignified so all these different ways in which we relate to different activities you know there are different aspects also culturally what we have, how, how it's been in our lives, how we have related to it. I moved, when I moved to, to the States, there was all this big thing about camping. And I was like, what is this that people go to all these stores to get all this equipment for camping? It was like, I was like, I, you know, in Puerto Rico, I will take my bag and drive to some place, put a tarp, and and just that was a camping, you know, and like camp, you know, like what is like, wow, there's a whole business about REI and you know, outdoors living. I don't know, whatever. But anyway. You know, it grew up on me, and then I was like, wow, I, you know, I want to belong. Let me just go and buy some of this stuff. Plus, <laughs> plus, let me, um, let me, let me, um, let me see, you know, let me, let me see how, how does it feel to, to belong in that way. So again, we clean, we clean to possessions, we clean to different views. We, this, this part of the aggregate of form, you know, there are different ways, you know, that society tells us how to be our body image, how it is that we relate to it. But then through the teachings, with, we've been practicing also with sensations, recognizing the physical sensations. And so far, you know, there's sometimes that we see the rising and passing of sensations, but it's not as easy to cling to the sensations, but to cling to the ideas. These are the sensations I prefer. These are not the sensations I prefer, especially when they're, they're unpleasant. And so as we start exploring, studying the self, we can discover who, who we are, how are we, instead of, maybe instead of who we are, how are we? And there is this option of taking on into this way of, of being, the activity of being, how it is that, that we are. It just being. There may be, as we learned more about ourselves, we learn to see that, you know, we are a flow of these experiences that this form is, is changing continuously. Bruni is changing continuously. I'm aging every, every minute that passes. It's not something static. And 
there may be a middle point in which we can choose how it is that we recognize, you know, there's there's a full full Bruni here. I don't have to clean now to defend it. I don't have to clean to protect it. And it's courageous. It takes, you know, it's, it's, it takes courage. Sometimes, some points in our lives to be fully who we are. And with that, as we take refuge in the Buddha, in the Dharma, in the Sangha, in other, in ourselves, in the practice, there's, there are some things that we start to discover. We may want to explore different ways of being. I remember after, you know, at the end of uh, work, when I was working full time, people will have the happy hour. And I would love to, you know, to go and share with people, but I didn't drink. And I'm like, how am I going to do this? You know, is it okay to go to a bar? And and so I tested, okay, let me just go and, you know, just, I can, I can ask for a Coke. But then I felt, you know, shy about it. I, you know, I just didn't, I, I then decided I'm not going to ask for anything. But there was a way of testing how it is that I want to be in this way. In, in, you know, if I want to share with friends, if this is a way that I want to, to be sharing with them. And at the end, it, no, it didn't work for me. <laughs> but it's, you know, I'm just mentioning very, you know, these examples, but because then the, there are other ways we transfer these ways. You know, I was really concerned when I went deeper and deeper into my practice. People will say, you're so serious sometimes. What is this practice that you're doing? And um, and then, you know, there there was different ways of being in different places. And so I was looking, you know, I started exploring how was that I was creating, you know, what was that flow of self, that activity of self that that I will take on and that, you know, I was feeling comfortable sometimes, other times not. So we can pick up different ways of being and test how it is that it is for you, for, for us, for you, and see what resonates, what resonates within our hearts, what resonates within our beings. We can be so many things. We can pick up, I can, you know, just pick up the identity of a teacher now, but when I leave from here, I don't have to, you know, continue in taking this identity of being a teacher. It's not, you know, there's, you know, after this retreat, I don't have any other teaching commitments, so I may hold it in a different way. So picking up being in one way with all these identities and then not clinging to it, not to create suffering by saying I have to be, you know, the best teacher in the world, not with a sense of, you know, Neither of, oh my gosh, this is terrible. I consider of, you know, I'm on the low side or, you know, just evaluating myself. Or even, you know, the conceit of being that, you know, kind of uh, not superior, not inferior, but kind of uh, some, some, some kind of... Um, other conceit of uh, maybe feeling well, I can I can be as you know a good teacher. Some to the to the lines of you know being equal. 
those three conceits, ways of selfing, the Buddha talked about them. But he offered other alternatives. He also, he also offered the alternative of just don't get involved with it by not clinging to it. Or by just, you know, criticizing ourselves because we are conceding. And there are different ways if, in which you can practice not self in a way that supports freedom. And just observing the activity of the mind when you're like, maybe when you have dinner, how you are in the line before getting the plate is, it was not your plate. Just taking on the plate, there is this arising of, okay, this is, this is my plate. The food is not inherent in the food that is your food or anything like that. Once you put the food on your plate, is the plate, and, and if it is with you, who knows? If you put it somewhere else, you know, it doesn't say if you don't put the name. I can put the plate here and then leave and leave it there forever and someone cleaning, you know, the the sangha service, the, the yogi jobs of uh, cleaning the kitchen after may take the plate. It didn't save Bruni. So seeing the flow of how it is that it arises and passes. And just seeing us around. It's just a person. It's a person. A person here, a person there. Not to assume different labels because of how, you know, how it is that we are used to call each other. There are so many different ways of being. And so in recognizing the interconnectedness also, knowing that There is something impersonal, too, in this human experience that in this body there are the elements, there's water, there's earth, there's air. And the Buddha taught to his son Rahula, this was one of the main teachings that he gave to his son. Rahula practiced like the earth, practiced like the air, practiced like the, <clears throat> practiced like the fire, practiced like water. Uh, meaning that not to be disturbed, not to be disturbed if something throws into something to the earth, that the earth will not get disturbed. So when I heard that teaching for the first time, I'm like, well, I may be the earth, but I do get disturbed if someone throws someone on me. But there's different ways in which we can relate. There are different ways in which we can relate, in which we can respond as we cultivate, go deeper into these practices. So it's not inherent, it's not in it, the, the sense of, you know, that I is empty is empty of, of, of self. So I hope that in exploring this teaching of not-self, that we recognize the interconnectedness, interconnectedness, that we're not really independent, we're not in a vacuum. 
that someone created this bell. That that there is a cause and effect by how it is that we also relate to each other. And that we come to be our own fully, fully selves. And at the same time, by just being fully who we are, at some point there's this let go of this clinging into really being all of that we are, but without the clinging. And the way in which we can practice is not like we can decide when we let go. There's some all different conditions to come into play whenever we are ready. That release may happen, but it may not be at our time. It may not be our agenda. Remember the flow of the arising and passing. Self is also arising and passing. We may, we may stop the flow when, when we clean, when we create these bombs by clinging and creating additional suffering or adding to what is here already. May we all see fully, fully, fully who we are. Nothing. Really nothing. Just being fully you. Nothing. It's okay. Now I can say, okay, I can be nothing. But it's not nothing, zero, diminishing myself. Is embodying and let let this heart be less. Let the Buddha, queer Buddha here, human Buddha here, daughter Buddha here, arising and passing. But seeing that, just being, there's a, there's a claiming, there's a belonging, not letting go of parts of us to diminish ourselves, but to be in the world in, in a way that we live fully our lives.